Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and scores. You can get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is also your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all sports wagering needs, including basketball, MLB, NHL, UFC, and boxing. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to get in on all the action, but be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Campbell in the end zone, caught, touchdown honor, touchdown honor. A miracle, it turned to hair. Nothing but green grass ahead of him. As hard as they're going to try, they're not keeping this buck off this field tonight. 100 yards. Can you believe it? I still can't believe it. Now presenting Believe in Everything Auburn with your hosts, Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell. Blue Eagle, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. As our intro fabulously said, I'm Taylor Davis. He is Jason Campbell, and you are listening to Believe in Everything Auburn. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Hope you had a great week since we last talked. Jay and I are so excited for this week's episode. We are actually already halfway through, even though editing really does some wonders, and uh, we are just now starting this portion. But we just wrapped up an interview that will be the second half of this episode. We're so thrilled to welcome wide receivers coach, former Auburn standout Marcus Davis joins us today talking all about recruiting, transfer portal, Hugh Freeze, his time as a coach, like all of it. It was it was a really awesome interview and Marcus gave us some really great insight to what the team is is thinking and feeling and and kind of the culture that's being established. So you want to stick around for that. We'll get to that interview in just a few minutes, but let's just catch up real quick. Obviously, the transfer additions keep rolling in. And a couple from North Texas. So we have now added North Texas linebacker Larry Nixon III and wide receiver Jair Shorter. Both of these guys join an ever-evolving roster on the Plains and are hoping to make an impact pretty quickly. Larry Nixon was Conference USA Mm -hmm. uh, first team. And this guy's a player. Yeah, And, you know, he's the guy that's going to come in under Coach Aldrich, who's going to take him to another level. But he's coming with a teammate. You know, Jair shorter, you know, that makes things easier when you're transitioning because you have a guy that you can relate to someone you can look over with in a locker room and say, dang, man, it's cool. Like we're here together and you go through that experience with someone. But even when you hit the wall a little bit, because some guys do hit a wall, you can go there and have that conversation with someone that's been exactly where you've been at for the last three years. And both of you now has transitioned to a new place. You can kind of lean on each other for that support. Yeah. Nixon was the team's second leading tackler last season with 106 total tackles, including 52 solo stops and two and a half behind the line of scrimmage. He had one sack and five quarterback hurries. Jair Shorter came in with 23 catches for 628 yards, 11 touchdowns last year. He averaged over 27 yards per reception. He was one of college football's best deep threats. So you automatically assume 
he's kind of been tabbed to be the 50-50 ball deep deep threat guy. So uh, yeah. definitely two exciting additions on the heels of the Peyton Thorne news, which we covered last week as well, along with wide receiver Caleb Burton out of Ohio State. So the names continue to pile in, Jay. And as we'll hear from Marcus at the end of the episode, you know, they're being very intentional about what guys they're adding. And and I thought you put it really well last week saying that they've added relevant guys. They've added guys with a lot of playing experience, impressive resumes, and a little teaser from Marcus. They really are emphasizing character. And, and so I, I really like the names that we're seeing, seeing pile up out of the portal. Yeah, it all starts with character. Uh, that's yeah. one thing Marcus talked about. You know, before I can even get to a player, I got to be able to coach the player. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to be able to be willing to listen and willing to, you know, soak up knowledge like a sponge and not think he knows everything. And I don't need coach. I, I can go out here on raw talent. So, you know, getting those type of players. But what he specifically means is we want Auburn type players. Yeah. Auburn type guys, hard work, work hard. You know, it's in our creed, as you mentioned in the in the show. Uh, and, and it's true, like guys, when you come to Auburn, it's it's all about putting in that work. And a lot of guys say it, but they don't quote unquote do it. But the ones mm-hmm. that actually put that work in, you do see it come to come to value. And yeah. so I just think that right now that this is a critical part. Our football team has gotten so much better. I don't even know if that's a word or a phrase, but it has gotten better. Ooh, I would say so that true. to all my English majors has gotten better. <laughs> you were right. So much <laughs> uh, better. You know, since April. Uh, you know, adding all these pieces that we've added, it all starts with leadership. Like you said, you know, it started with getting Peyton Thorne, uh, you know, a, a guy that started for two years, got experience, had a really good year the year before at Michigan State. Last year, they kind of, you know, fell off a little bit. But as a as a player, this guy, he's solid. And he's going to come into the locker room with instant credibility and instant leadership, along with, you know, Holden Gurner and Robbie Ashford, who's already there. So, you have two quarterbacks that have experience and then you have one quarterback that doesn't, and then you have a high school quarterback coming in. that doesn't. So mm-hmm. you need two guys that have leadership. I mean, that has experience. experience. So everyone watched college football. You have seen how, if you got one quarterback and that quarterback goes down, knock on wood, and then it's a huge drop off because the next guy has zero experience. Right. So you always want to have at least two guys with some type of experience. Definitely. I'm really encouraged by all the moves that have been made, how assertive the staff has been in such a brief amount of time. And again, we'll hear from Marcus a little bit more on that. But these guys certainly come in, you know, with a, a lot of respect to their name. And, and I'm excited to see kind of how they gel and fit. But We'll talk more about that with Marcus. Do want to go ahead and give a softball and baseball update since we covered them last week as well. Softball, unfortunately, feeling slighted and rightfully so right now. Let's talk about it. So the girls did lose in the SEC tournament in the semifinals to South Carolina, who then ultimately lost to Tennessee, Tennessee winning the SEC tournament. But Auburn... Auburn hits the road for regionals and very high expectations that they would have been chosen as a regional host. They were passed over by three teams that finished lower in conference standings than they did Two that we beat in three game series. Auburn is the only third place team in the power five that is not hosting a regional this year. So this team has felt overlooked this season. They have felt 
um, kind of like they've slid under the radar unnecessarily, especially given some of the star power that they have. And then, of course, some of their prominent wins over Alabama, over LSU. They didn't play Arkansas, but Arkansas season didn't end the way that it was halfway through as well. Several back-to-back losses for them. So definitely an odd you know, placement for them. And and you do kind of feel like, okay, there's, there's a little bit of a slight to this. So they will be the 17 seed at the Clemson regional. They're actually leaving today. They're going to practice tomorrow, Thursday, and their first game will be Friday. They will play the three seed in Cal state Fullerton. And the winner of that will play the winner of Clemson, North Carolina, Greensboro. Um, there was a very strong case for them to be a regional host. There was a lot of expectation, especially given, you know, how their season closed. Maddie Pinta was named SEC Pitcher of the Year. I mean, like, a lot of hype was due to them. Honestly, they earned it. They deserved it. And so to know that they're they're not going to host that regional and, and be in a situation like they are at Clemson um, and the way that shapes up, likely you'll end up facing number one Oklahoma. So it, it's just... They're disappointed, and and I saw a lot of coverage about them watching the release of the bracket on Jane Moore Field, and, and they had kind of a viewing on the big screen, and when it was announced, very clearly disappointed, you know, athletes, as they should be, but... Their story continues, and they say that this is going to motivate them, feeling overlooked, feeling slighted. How often does Auburn feel that way and usually yeah. makes the most out of it? Yeah, most definitely deserve to host a regional. Um, I guess people are jealous because golf right now is hosting a regional in Auburn as we speak. Guess so. Uh, you know, they just saying too many, too many regionals going to Auburn. But think about it, it's an easy place to get to. If you're coming from any part of the country, you can fly directly into Atlanta mm-hmm. or you can fly to Montgomery or mm-hmm. you can fly into Birmingham. And either way, you're an hour from Atlanta. From Birmingham, you're probably an hour and 25. And in Montgomery, you're 45 minutes. So it's mm-hmm. an easy place to get to for people that are traveling from out of town right. to come. And as well, like you said, they had a really good season. Like they yeah. finished three in the SEC and what a tough loss to South Carolina. You know, you're one mm-hmm. out away from ending this thing. And then you know, that girl gets that hit and runs two batters in like, man, like just that close from just facing Tennessee in a championship game, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately where they wanted to be. Uh, Yeah. You you talk about Oklahoma. Like I say this, if you knock out Oklahoma in the regionals or you knock out Oklahoma in the super regionals, then guess what? You know, it puts you in a a good spot in a good spot. So, you know, and it may take a little pressure out though, Taylor. You know, not being, at, not being at home, but also they have lit a flame now under this team again to have another chip on their shoulder yep. heading into regionals, you know, where you're going to be out of your comfort zone. You're not at home. You're not in your own apartment. You know, you're on the road, but you're on the road together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it, it's you and all the other ladies that's on this team and the coaching staff and then the fans that have come and support but it's another chip on your shoulder for you to go out there and and use it as motivation. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm a softball guy. I love watching softball. I, I still don't understand how these girls throw the ball so fast under arm like they do. Like throwing the ball over arm for so many years. I used to have sore shoulder shoulder soreness. <laughs> so I just imagine like under arm, like geez, Ow. like 
you know, know. you got to wind that puppy up, you know, and then <laughs> let it go. You know, so, you know, so it's oh. a lot going on. Well, look, none, no one does it better than our very own Maddie Penta, who, like I said, was named SEC Pitcher of the Year with a 1.1 ERA. Let's just take a minute. A 1.1 ERA and 287 strikeouts. Girl is ridiculous. The team finished the season 40 and 17, 15 and 9, third in the SEC. And like I said, they will head to the Clemson Regional, their first game happening on Friday. So best of luck to the girls. But speaking of playing with a chip on your shoulder, it certainly has worked for our baseball team because Auburn baseball sweeps Ole Miss on the road for the first time since 2010, they have now won eight of the last 10 SEC games wow. to move over 500 in league play. And look, it was just a few weeks ago, April 23rd to be exact, that we were trailing Mississippi State nine to three after five innings. And after three homers kind of geared up a 12 to 11 comeback win with a walk-off double, which started a completely different second half to season that really triggered what we'll call a comeback for this team obviously huge series wins over South Carolina LSU now a on the road sweep against Ole Miss the reigning national champs and now they will play host to Missouri this weekend to close out the regular season you're also certainly playing for seeding in the SEC tournament in Hoover which is next week um, now they were slated to have a midweek game with Jacksonville state. It has been canceled due to weather. So, um, the next games up will be the weekend series with Mizzou. So if you are around the Auburn area, make sure you go check that out because it's the last home series to close out the regular season. They need to win this one, be in a good situation for seating in the baseball tournament next week. This team could still go on a run at this point. Oh, they yeah. can host a regional. So if they continue this momentum that they started on April 23rd this could end up being one of those incredible stories like Ole Miss had last year right don't call it a comeback call it a get back um, <laughs> <laughs> yes they could they could get hot well they're already hot they, are. That way. they could stay they hot could just continue to stay hot because you just ride the momentum into the in into the regionals um and everything like I say anything can happen once you get there like, mm -hmm. like it's just you can throw out all the schedules all the records you can just throw all of that out. It's about yeah. the team that know how to hit the ball the best and the team that has the best pitching going on, who yeah. has the hottest pitching. And I think Auburn right now is really doing both of those things really well. A lot of yeah. our young pitchers have come of age. A lot of our young hitters have come of age. And they're understanding each other. I think they know their strengths and weaknesses right now. Yeah. And I just think heading into the regionals, this is going to be a team to watch. Ole Miss got fired, called hot fire last year, ended up winning the championship. And they yeah. barely got in the tournament. And, uh, and, you know, so and then you think about the year before Mississippi State caught fire, you know, and everything. So, you know, here's another SEC school. Maybe it's Auburn's turn. You know, maybe Auburn gets hot and they, they wheel themselves all the way back to the World Series, College World Series. So uh -huh. definitely be a fun time if they do do that. I couldn't make it last time. But I would do everything I can to make it out to Omaha this time. You have to. They, you know how I feel about Series. Omaha. Like, yeah, so, you know. So hopefully, guys, 
Fingers crossed. I will be there. And uh, hopefully it makes it a lot sweeter if I get to cover my Tigers. So we definitely have some skin in the game. Anywho, all of that to say, we wish both of those teams well as they continue their season. We'll definitely keep you posted on how all of that shapes up for both of those programs. But this is a football podcast, people. Let's talk some football. And who better to tell us about it than our wide receivers coach, Marcus Davis, who is joining us now. Let's go. All right, everybody. Well, let's go ahead and get to the main event. Our guest for today, like we've discussed, former Auburn standout, now returns to the Plains as our wide receivers coach. Everyone welcome in Marcus Davis. Marcus, welcome to the show, War Eagle. And uh, boy, is it good to see you. We were chatting briefly before we started recording just how cool it is and and full circle for you to be back on the plains in this capacity. So we're excited to hear about your story. But, you know, it's no secret how busy this coaching staff has been recruiting, transfer portal. It's, it's been a crazy few months. So just kind of catch us up on, on what the past few months of, of your life has been like like you know diving into this opportunity yeah it's been great uh i like to thank the good lord man it's, it's been a whirlwind but it's uh, good to be back home uh it's good to be around good people you know every uh good situation start with the top and so we got great leadership and coach freeze and uh it's just a pleasure to be back and to point to these young guys and give them the opportunities that i had yeah, Marcus, you talk about that when you think about, you know, your experience playing at Auburn, uh, being here and and everything. You also went through a transition phase, but then you also went through a phase where y'all had an outstanding season. Um, talk about, you know, getting here now, being part of a situation where Auburn has had two losing seasons in a row. What have you seen so far in trying to implement the winning attitude back into these young guys that are that was already here? But then the guys that y'all was trying to go out and recruit to bring into the Auburn program? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, just let them know what Auburn really about, you know, because if you came into a situation where, you know, what where it wasn't the best situation, you don't really know what it is, you know, how it is to win at Auburn and what it is to be an Auburn man. So the coolest part for me is, you know, uh, teaching these young guys the things that I learned and the things that help us you know, uh, get to the national championship my freshman year and win the SEC championship my freshman year. So for me, that's been the coolest part to, you know, just pour into them and enlighten them on, hey, man, you had a special place, but it's going to take us all being together and, you know, uh, getting it done together. And that's what Auburn is, you know, that brotherhood, that family atmosphere where you got to be together first and then everything else follows from there. We talk a lot about the importance of having some guys on the staff that can't only relate to the playing aspect, but you can literally relate to playing at that university, wearing that logo, knowing what it's like to walk through Tiger Walk, like you can truly relate. And you're not the only one, obviously, Cadillac and Zach, like it's kind of been a trend to kind of bring some guys back that have that foundation, right, of that brotherhood you were talking about. Jay talks about it almost every week, what he and his teammates, you know, will forever be bonded by because of your time at Auburn. How have you seen this current generation, heck, even some of the new guys that are coming in, really buy into that? Because it's kind of the intangible about Auburn, you know, but once you get it, you get it. Yep. I think for me to come and uh, denominate is the, these guys want to win. Yeah. You know, and when they see somebody that's been there, done that, like myself or uh, Cadillac or Zach, 
T. Reed. You know, we got plenty of people in the building. Yeah. When, when, once they see that and guys that's been here at the highest points of the program, the buy-in part is easy. You know, it's still a grind and it's still learning through it, but it make it that much special, you know. Uh, and so I say the buy-in been uh, been good because, you know, they the guys want to win and they want to do it the right way. But now it's continue to build them and teach them how. Right. And so that, that, that's been a cool part for me, too, you know, uh, just building the how in them. And uh, it's been great. You know, I couldn't ask for a better group in the receivers in terms of, you know, just wanting to do things the right way and, you know, trying to come with, the, uh, trying to be better leaders and, you know, trying to be together. So it, it's been an awesome journey so far. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back rolling with the guys. Yeah, speaking of getting back rolling, <laughs> I don't know if you remember Coach Greg Knotts, but Coach Greg Knotts was my receiver coach when I was at Auburn. And <laughs> most of our basket, most of our football receivers were like a basketball squad. You know, Mitz was 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know, <laughs> Devin being 6'1", six, 6'2", six, you know, being the same way, 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, and uh, then you had, you know, some other guys that was kind of like Corey Moore size or Javaris, you know, Johnson size. But now, man, that room is getting taller. And, <laughs> you know, when you walk into it, you're the shortest guy in the room now. That's how Coach Knox was. Like, you, know, you know, like, how you feeling walking in here with all these tall giants, man, and, 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 and everything? Hey, I, I love it. I love I'm it. So, uh, when, when I When I think about my time here, uh, you had – Guys like Sammy Coates and uh, Duke Williams and Tony Stevens and Ricardo Lewis. And so, you know, th that's how our room was. It was a good combination of those big giants and then the smaller guys like myself. So, you know, it, it feels good to, uh, you know, build that room and have them come along together. So uh, it, 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 it's a great uh, transition and a great process right now, to say the least. Hey, we love to see it, right? The more the merrier. <laughs> well, look, this coaching staff clearly – hit the ground running and it's been highly covered what all has been done specifically in the transfer portal since you guys assumed these roles and you know Jay was kind of talking about it earlier just kind of what you're instilling in these guys the transfer portal I mean Jay and I talk about it all the time there are so many intricacies to it and it's it's a big animal that you guys are having to handle right but when you're in a situation like this where there's a lot of newness around Auburn and, and you guys have have something that you're out to do, what specifically have you been looking for in, in the transfer portal? Obviously, you've added a couple, even a recent, you know, this week. But what specifically are some traits that you have been looking for and, and traits that you think you guys have added? Yeah, so so the biggest thing for me, uh, once you got a good uh, room in terms of the people in that room, mm -hmm. the first thing I was looking for is like, what type of person would I bring into, you know, the situation that I already have? Um, mm -hmm. It's been so much growth as far as the receivers and uh, the togetherness, you know, just through the spring and through the little time that I've been here so far. So my biggest thing was, man, what type of person am I bringing in, in this room and mm -hmm. how would he fit in with the guys that we already have? Yeah. So the first thing that I was looking for was that, you know, um, cause I'm big on togetherness, you know, uh, Man, if we all wrong, we all right. But as long as we're on the same page, we can get it done, you know. And so yeah. uh, for me, that's what it is. And, you know, just the relationship part of it. And, you know, uh, not just recruiting a recruit, but just getting the right type of people, because that's what Auburn is, you know. Yeah. Uh, once you got the right group of guys, the right type of people, that's when things flow the best way that they could. And, you know, I don't remember it like right off the bat, but. We definitely wanted to expect to go into the uh, national championship in 2013. Right. But we, we, we had the right people and we, had, you know, uh, 
we had that brotherhood that's, you know, irreplaceable. So that's what I'm trying to build now. You never know, man. Uh, so that that's the biggest thing that I say on that. Yeah, like I said, you never know. That's the great thing. That's when Auburn typically has their best seasons. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like when things aren't, you know, aren't just kind of lined up for us. When these <laughs> people are trying to, like, figure out, okay, where, where are they at? You know, we don't know where to rank them. We don't know where to yep. put them. Like, that's typically when Auburn comes in and have their best year. And, mm -hmm. like, there's going to be a lot of new faces on this football team this year, and especially mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the ball and on that defensive front. You know, we really picked up some guys here in the portal late. Uh, just talk a little bit about the latest two receivers we was able to pick up so that people can know a little bit about them. You know, shorter, the short, short kid from North mm -hmm. Texas and then the Burton kid from Ohio State coming from two different similar because the Burton kid is a young kid. You know, mm -hmm. who really hadn't had college experience just yet. But then, you know, the shorter kid, he's a kid that had over 600 yards receiving last year and 11 touchdowns at North Texas. So he comes with valuable experience. Just uh, tell the people a little bit about who these two guys are. Yeah, first off, they're two good people. Um, I just want to start off by saying that, you know, just trying to find the right fit and the right pieces to the puzzle. You know, uh, like you just said, uh, Jair Shorter, you know, he, he, he has been a productive guy down at North Texas. And so we excited to have him, um, you know, uh, had 11 touchdowns. And, you know, he, he he's somebody that will be able to uh, come in and he an older, mature guy, you know. And, you know, I, I think he a good piece to the puzzle with what we're trying to do. And then you got uh, Caleb Burton, super talented young man. And uh, I think he he brings value as well. And the, and the best thing about adding pieces to the puzzle is it naturally brings competition. Yeah. And, you know, as an athlete, as athletes like we once were before, you know, competition, you know, the cream always rise to the top. And, you know, the more competition you have, the better the team is, no matter what position it is or no matter what sport it is. So that's the main thing that I'm excited about with those two guys, that it brings, you know, competition and value to the room just from that standpoint. So I'm excited to get to work with those guys. And I know the room is, too, you know, uh, because, like I said, it's a great group that we already had in terms of the people and the, uh, the character that they have. So I know it's going to be a good collaboration. And, you know, hopefully we can get this uh, thing rolling in the right direction. Well, you talk about the pieces, right? And a very relevant piece for your guys is that quarterback. And obviously it's it's a point of conversation for us here on this podcast and for fans to uh, continue to see that whole thing take shape. And obviously summer and fall camp will be pivotal for those guys. But I'm curious from your perspective, obviously, you know, having played the position, what's kind of your message to your group, given the fact that there isn't that dead set quarterback right now and the chemistry that you guys built? I mean, heck, I've got a QB and a wide receiver right here. Y'all can both talk to this. <laughs> the chemistry that you start to develop is imperative, right? You kind of start getting into just understanding each other's tendencies, each other's reads. That's necessary, right, to make this thing go. And so for those guys to not necessarily know who that's going to be yet, how can your guys still be making the most of this time? And, and how do they kind of approach it when you've got several guys under center that will be rotating for the next couple of months? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is just put your head down and just go to work. Yeah. You know, um, you control what you can control. And that's that's not even with football, but that's life. Mm. You know, just control what you can control. You go out there and you put yourself in the best position. And for me, I never look at it, you know, being a receiver coach and once playing a position, I never look at it from the quarterback 
uh, perspective in, in terms of that. I sure. look at how we could help the quarterback out. Mm. And that's us, you know, doing the right thing, spending them as much time as possible, getting the right route there, not just taking uh, – don't take anything, you know, for granted, going out there and really being, uh, you know, specific with your approach and what you're trying to accomplish. Like whenever you get to go throw the ball or whenever you get to watch film with whatever uh, situation the quarterback may be in, yeah, how can we take accountability to help whoever may be the quarterback? Mm. And so one, I think once you, you look at it from that perspective, it, it, it all flow together. And, you know, just back from my playing days, that was, that was the same situation when I uh, first got here. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Nick Marshall and Jeremy Johnson come in the same year. Uh, you had Jonathan Wallace on the roster. And you also had Kyle Frazier. Yep. But I think it's just the, everybody taking accountability and trying to be the best that they could be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the individual, you know, preparation going to lead to the team's success and whoever that guy may be. So as a receiver, you just go out and do your best and everything else fall in that, into that uh, place. That's exactly how a receiver should look at it. Mm-hmm. And from a quarterback perspective, I've always said every quarterback that's on a roster should always try to build a relationship with the players, with their team, with their receivers. I said because you're always one play away. I say even if you're not the starter, even as the backup, you still need to have a some type of chemistry with the guys. I like if you don't get a lot of throws during practice, you need to stay out the practice and ask some of the guys, hey, can I just get, you know, maybe 10, 12 throws here, you know, just to make sure because if I got to come in the game in the second quarter, I got to be a quarterback for these next three quarters. Like yeah. I need, I don't need my first pass to you being in a ball in a game, you know? So, <laughs> so true. Right. So I need to have this, this time with you in practice. So when a guy does, when their quarterbacks are rotating through, it is important that all receivers look at this guy that could be the starter, you know, yeah. just, if even he's not named the starter, he could be the starter, you know, as a, and as a wide out, I always tell everybody, even when I was quarterback, I say, Hey, I want to throw it to all you guys, not just the guys that's the starters, because on certain plays, sometimes you may be in the game, you may be out the game. I just like, but that that comes with time and mm-hmm. everything speeds up now with the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about it in a, in a whole, our team got a lot better since spring to now, just in the portal alone, you know? So now, okay, how can you take the names that's on paper and actually put it all together and make it work like a well oil run machine. Mm-hmm. That takes time. That's going to come throughout a lot of extra throwing in the summertime. And a lot of it, honestly, Marcus, is when you can't even be out there on the field. When yep. Coach yeah. Freeze and Coach Montgomery can't be on the field. You know, these guys just taking the ownership themselves and saying, hey, we got to go out here and take the approach and say, okay, I need an hour throwing today. I need all quarterbacks, all receivers. And we're going to rotate through and we're going to throw the ball and we're going to build some chemistry and some time with each other. And we're going to take it serious. And uh, and that's where the hard work pays off, because I remember when I was there, it paid off when the coaches wasn't there. Yeah. Because the coaches out there. Yeah. Everybody trying to be on their best piece. Everybody trying to do what they got to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what you going to do when a coach ain't looking at you? You still going to try to run that route? Can you take what you learned in the classroom and apply it to the field? You know, are you going to ask the quarterback questions? I've always said a receiver should always ask a quarterback a question, Hmm. you know, and and a quarterback should always give that receiver a listening ear, you know, and and not be such a dictator to say, hey, no, you got to do this or do that, but tell me what you saw first. So now I can, now I can tell you how I seen it from my eyes. 
So then we can be on the same page. So oh, I think with Peyton coming in here, he's a two-year starter at Michigan State. He comes with a lot of experience. The year before last, they had a great year. I think instantly in the locker room, guys look at him from a leadership standpoint. He's a guy that likes to sit in the pocket and throw the ball. So instantly receivers going to try to watch film on him and see the things that he does really well. And then I'll say, okay, then you have Robbie. Robbie's a totally different kind of quarterback. Robbie's more of a, you know, RPO quarterback as far as when to come, not the passing part, but the running part, you mm -hmm. know? So then there's aspects that you have to get used to, used to with him. Um, so it's so many things that you can't hold out. You can't throw out holding Gurner in this. No, he's the, he's the X factor that no one really knows because he hasn't had any experience and, you know, he's a guy that could play at any second too. So there's all these guys that need repetitions with each other. And that's going to be a key over these next three months before August even gets here. Yeah, and it also goes back to what you were saying about the buy-in and about what you're explaining that Auburn is rooted in. It, that shows itself with guys taking accountability and having that work ethic. I mean, it's in it's in the creed, right? I mean, that's that's ultimately the type of player that you're looking for and and the kind of culture that you're creating. And I know that it's the culture that Coach Freeze wants to create as well. And and I gotta ask you, I, I have to assume getting back to your alma mater and, and coaching on the same field that you once played in had to have been in the back of your mind as a goal. I, I mean, I may be misspeaking, but I would think it would be. And, and you get this opportunity this year under a guy like Hugh Freeze, who obviously you have, you know, knowledge of and in his experience at the SEC. And, and he hasn't shied away from saying what this experience and this opportunity means to him as well and how special it is. But what were those initial conversations like between the two of you? What what was kind of that process like when he was, you know, getting you back into the fold? Yeah, the biggest thing is uh, obviously he knew I was an Auburn man through and through um, <laughs> just from, you know, being here and everything. But the, the main thing is we believed in the same things, you know, from football to faith to just just everything that come with it. And so yeah. uh, the conversations was easy. The conversations was enjoyable. And, you know, and then it was Auburn. So that, that's, yeah. the you know, so uh, it, it, it was a smooth transition. Um, and it was good to get to know him throughout that process. And it made it that much easier because the same things he values, is the same things I value. And, you know, and so uh, it, 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 that's been a good part of it, especially like with family and everything, the whole yeah. nine, it was so much in common just from those initial conversations. You know, it, it made me that much interested in getting back to, to a place that I love. Totally. Back to your roots. And your coaching trail has also included stops at Georgia Southern, Hawaii. You were at Florida State for a grad year. What kind of coach have you become over the years? You start piling up experiences. You get to learn from a bunch of different mentors and then tie it all together. Now that you're back at alma mater, how how would you describe yourself as a coach? Yeah, I'll describe myself as, a, you know, uh, you know, a grower and a learner and, uh, okay. you know, somebody that was able to learn from a lot of different situations. Like you mentioned, um, I, I, I'm thankful for coach, uh, Malzahn and coach Kenny Dillingham. Those two guys was, uh, real instrumental in my growth as a coach. Uh, if it weren't for those two guys and it, it's a few more coaches out there that, you know, poured into me and, and trusted and believed in me. And all I did was uh, follow that blueprint that they laid out. So I was able to get things from a lot of different uh, experiences. You know, yeah. uh, I was in a run heavy offense with Coach Malzahn. I played in it and I learned from that, you know, and then 
last year at Georgia Southern, I was able to be in an air raid offense. So just the experience and the knowledge from that growing standpoint that I mentioned, uh, I, I was able to learn a lot of different things to, uh, you know, prepare me for where I am today, you know, so uh, it's been, it's, it's been a fun journey to say the least. I know? bet. <laughs> it took me all the way to Hawaii with my wife and, it, you know, so it's nothing to complain about at all. Yeah. Great road. Hey, man, I, like, before we even let you get out of here, I'll let Taylor have the last words after I'm done. But, uh, you know, we first thank you for your time and everything because, you know, the fan base, they're excited to have you back here. Uh, I know Tiger Walt to you is going to feel like a, a memory lane and everything. Sure. But being adjusted to this new coaching style, you guys never really stop recruiting now. Can you just let us know now what a typical offseason is? Because it's really not an offseason, but what does it look like from a coach's perspective? And what are the players doing during these couple of months that uh before they actually take action? Yeah, so the main thing, you know, you, you for the play, from the player standpoint, you know, taking advantage of the, the school time, man, taking advantage of school, getting your body back underneath you, uh, and continue to learn in the film room and get on that grass when you could to to throw and build those uh, that camaraderie and that relationship. So that's the main thing right now. And as for a coach, it, it's a lot of recruiting, recruiting, recruiting right now, and you know, continuing to build relationships with your current players as well. And that's just how I look at it. And, and from the terms of recruiting, the recruiting part is fun to me because I, I love to build relationships. Yeah. And that's all recruiting is to me is like getting to know different people and building those relationships. So when I'm recruiting, I don't even feel like I'm working. It's something that I actually love to do. And then when I'm out on the road traveling, I love to drive and, you know, catch up with different people and all that good, good stuff. So, man, it, it's been a, a fun journey for me. And I, I, I absolutely love what I'm doing and, I couldn't think about a better place to do it at. I don't think it, it's no place in the world. There isn't. Yeah. I mean, come you on. Kidding? Like, it, it's for Auburn. Sometimes I look down at my shirt and, you know, just thank the good Lord because it's a thankful yeah. feeling, but it make you want to work harder, you totally. know, it for uh, something bigger than you. And that's why Auburn is special because this place is bigger than you, man. And, and, and if you love Auburn, Auburn will love you black back. And I know it's a cliche, but if you buy in, it's real, yeah. you know, totally. buying to that work hard work and all that good stuff. It ain't in my Twitter bio for nothing, man. I really believe in those <laughs> things. Yeah. So I, I think that's what makes you an Auburn man, though, when you really buy to those things. And totally. man, I don't feel like I'm working because it's for Auburn. Like, mm. I don't feel like, and it, this for something that I love. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is with me, man. Uh, so it, it's been it's been fun for me so far. I mean, I'm ready to suit up and play. Frick, you Let's just gave go. me Let's one go. hell of a pitch, you know? I'm I'm a little fired up myself, Marcus. I get why you're a coach, man. Hey, hey, we need to do Tiger Walk right now. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Well, this will be zero surprise to Jason because it's my favorite question to ask when we have guests on. I got to ask favorite game memory that you have as a player it, you know if you think back to it it's vivid it's memorable like what was that moment or that game for you yeah for me it was uh my freshman year when okay. we was uh, at Texas A&M mm -hmm. it was third it was a back and forth game the whole game and uh it was 39 and I caught a wheel route up the sideline I still don't know how I seen the ball I thank the good Lord for that one. But uh, <laughs> the sun was right in my face, and uh, I was able to make the play, and it propelled us. To, we went on here and scored that drive, 
was super late in the game. And so that that's one of the ones personally, but all like my favorite game all time was when we won the SEC championship because it was a team accomplishment. Yeah. And that helped us go to the uh, the national championship. So it was some good memories. A lot of them took uh, place my freshman year. So. No kidding, man. Well, I you can't believe, Marcus, you didn't mention the uh, the Georgia game or the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I know. That, He's got that, a long crazy. list, man. <laughs> yeah. Man. That, that, that freshman year was crazy. And to be honest, man, I thought that game was over versus Georgia. And then my man Rick came to the rescue. You Who know, you with telling? that tip pass. Look, after Nick threw that ball, I just walked towards the bench. I thought we lost. We were checked out. We're like, overthrown. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I watched it on TV and I said, oh, that's a pick. And then yeah, all of a sudden no, it bounced off his chest. I don't think my heart's been the same since. Uh, I was in a brief <laughs> cardiac arrest, I'm pretty sure. But and then I'm sitting in the and then I'm sitting in the film room getting ready for our game on Sunday. And all the guys come running the room talking about Campbell, you won't believe this when y'all had the iron bowl. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I'm saying? They don't try stopped. this long field goal and then ran the ball all the way back. I couldn't believe that. Chris I'm ran right that. past me the sideline. That yeah, one too. Everybody, everybody. Going crazy. Even the guys on my team that wouldn't even Auburn guys was yeah. going crazy. I'm like, they ain't never <laughs> seen nothing like this. I would say my whole freshman year, man. That 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 was a great year, 2013 season. Uh, got a bunch of memories. We could talk about those all day. So. Of course we could, man. We got lists. <laughs> yeah. But look, Marcus, it is so good to have you back on the planes, man. I, I just know you know, what work you're going to do for the university and for these young men. They're lucky to have somebody like you to pour into them. So looking forward to everything that you're going to accomplish as a coach and looking forward to uh, one heck of a season this upcoming fall. So thank you so much for your time and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle, buddy. <laughs> thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.